0: within Hockey Canada, this time involving the 2003 World Junior Team. As Hockey Canada tells us that it was brought to their attention that there was a sexual assault that took place back in 2003. Some players have already come forward denying any involvement in what happened and saying that they will fully cooperate. Others have chosen to sit back and wait. And if they keep waiting and they're not going to talk, They're going to be in a lot of trouble. Speaking of which, a lot of troubled hockey fans are saying enough is enough, which some of the people who have been with Hockey Canada for the longest time, and this terrible culture has existed for the longest time, and are calling for the resignation of several people within Hockey Canada. And if they're not going to resign, they want to see them fired immediately. What will come of this? What can come of this? Will we finally see change? What will happen to those who are going to be proven guilty in this case of sexual assault? I call on sports lawyer David Kellerman to discuss this issue with me. He's coming up on the Sick Podcast.
1: I'm Marinero. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to
2: the Sick, Podcast. the
1: Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Forth Entertainment. Like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you.
0: I'm Marinero. It's the sick podcast. Um, The past couple of months have been really, really bad as far as uh, things go for Hockey Canada. Uh, A couple of um cases of sexual assault with two junior teams the most recent being the 2003 team it was about a week ago that hockey canada said it was brought to their attention uh that uh there was um something terrible that happened with the 2003 team and we're going to discuss it and what's going to come out of it and uh the entire country is um obviously really upset about it uh, it seems like this has happened not only once but it's happened way too many times. And even once is too many. So what's finally going to come out of this? Uh, what's going to happen to those who are going to be proven guilty? Um, are members of hockey Canada going to resign. Are they going to be fired? What are they going to be the ramifications here? Um, what's happening with this culture that seems to exist within hockey Canada, which is not a culture that we um, should be proud of. Uh, it's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely disgusting. And at one point, when it's one case, when it's two cases, when it's three cases, when it's four cases, where there's smoke, there's fire. This is not good. We bring in sports lawyer David Kellerman. David, welcome to the Sick Podcast. Hi,
2: right, Tony. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Um, the word "sick" for the new generation is kind of cool. Um, sick can also, you know, be defined as uh, troubling, very, very sick. And in this, in this regard is a sick story and not in the good sense of the word. It's very troubling, Dave. Uh, More and more cases of sexual assault with Hockey Canada and their players at the World Juniors. Um, Us Canadians, when the World Juniors come around, we're obviously very big fans of, of Canadian hockey. This is nothing to be a fan about. As a matter of fact, I think they've lost many fans along the way. I, for one, if you bring up Hockey Canada right now, until something is done, <clears throat> um, I feel very troubled. I mean, what we hear is is terrible and disgusting.
2: <clears throat> you know, it's hockey and it's Canada, right? And And you don't get more institutionally important, you know, in terms of core values to this country. Uh, you're going to get more than that from the sport of hockey. It's so emblematic. And there's so much good that comes out of of hockey. You know, as Montrealers, as as Canadians, um, there's a lot to be proud of because there's so many values that kind of flow from the game, so many incredible stories that we get from the game, either from our own personal stories growing up, playing, watching, celebrating, hurting, you know, agonizing, all of these things. And there's so many great things that come out of the game, and then you have this, which is such a clash. If you're going to clash with something so institutional, such as hockey in Canada, it hurts. It hurts more. Yeah. And and it's a problem that um, you know is now being uncovered, and and now we there's a time of reckoning. You know, these are important moments where these are earth shattering moments, and that calls for institutional change. The
0: Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6 Beer Intense by Nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacash, if the last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs had a 50 goal scorer, well it's time you go back to Lacage because the menu will surprise you. Um, it's no surprise now. Anytime a story comes out with Hockey Canada and the World Juniors and a story like this because we've had stories like this before. We know about the hockey culture with rookie initiation, with hazing, with this, with that. And uh, unfortunately, this isn't surprising. Now, let's bring up that roster of the 2003 Team Canada World Junior Team. Now, let's keep in mind that we're talking about, I believe it's seven. Dave, you correct me if I'm wrong. I believe I read seven players allegedly were involved in this uh, alleged assault. Uh, I think it's six. uh, Six. Okay, thank you. Uh, And I'm going to bring up some players. And by the way, I think about 10 of them have already stepped up and said, hey, I had no involvement in the story, and I'm going to fully cooperate. I don't know the name of all 10, but I will tell you that Carlo Cogliacobo has already come forward on Twitter saying that uh, he has no involvement with this story whatsoever. He's going to fully cooperate with the investigation. Um, uh, Pierre Parenteau... um, is uh, Pierre Parento, Pierre-Alexandre Parento, is another player who also came out and said he had no involvement whatsoever. Uh, Brooks Like, Ian White, Scotty Upshaw, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, Kyle Wellwood, Joffrey Lupel, Jay McClement, Derek uh, Roy, Brendan Bell, Gregory Campbell, Matthew Stajan, um, Jordan Tutu, Jeff Waywitka, Steve Eminger, Nathan Page, Marc-Andre Fleury, Alexandre Rouleau, David Leneve. Boy Gordon and Daniel Pie, I believe there's others because I think, you know, there's a typo here where we have Gregory Campbell and Matthew Stages name named twice on the list. But anyway, um, for the most part, that's the roster. Once again, some players have already come out and issued a statement that they weren't involved. Dave, how about the players who haven't issued a statement yet? I mean, if they don't issue a statement within, I don't know, X amount of time, Can they get in trouble? And if so, what trouble are we talking about?
2: So there's a, you know, it depends on what you mean by statement. There is, there are different ways that this is going to uh, evolve. There is a statement for social media where a player, uh, and these are all former players, would feel um, pressure to just distance themselves or dissociate themselves or just clarify that they're not part of the you know suspicious six, let's call them, and um, and so at least from a public standpoint, it just creates a an optical distance between the incident and themselves. Then there is, and the way that they craft those statements in social media is is also important. Then there is statements that would be given to the police because the other you know the more important leg of all of this is a criminal investigation. So the police. We now know we'll be investigating this incident. And that means that typically every single one of these guys is going to get a phone call and, and they have to cooperate. And not cooperating with the police has other ramifications because, um, you know, if you're not giving clear statements or if you're giving contradictory statements, or if you're just, if, you know, the statements are part of evidence that a police um, will be building and then hand over the to the crown prosecutor if they feel that there's enough there to warrant criminal accusations. And then there's the third statement, which is right now we don't know of, but we know that Hockey Canada hired uh, a law firm in Toronto, uh, Henin Hutchison, which is, um, and and uh, Danielle Robitaille, a partner at Henin Hutchison, um, testified before the Standing Committee of um, Heritage Canada this week um, to the effect that they obtained the mandate to investigate the 2018 scandal affecting the World Junior Championships and the the, the uh, Team Canada's World Junior Team. And she has asked for the collaboration of the players on that roster. And we now know that Hockey Canada has made it very clear that if those players on the 2018 roster do not collaborate with Hennon Hutchinson's investigation, they will be banned for life from Hockey Canada effective immediately. So those are – those are and not only that, but those names for the 2018 roster, we don't know who these people are yet, right, in terms of – Which means what? They wouldn't be able to
0: play on a World Cup of Hockey or uh, Canada at the World Championships or at the Olympics going
2: forward. It is a complete, complete cutting of ties with Hockey Canada in every facet possible. They would never be able to coach. They would never be able to – you know, they'll never be on, on a team, uh, uh, on a possible selection uh, committee. They'll never play for the Olympics. They'll never play junior champion. Uh, yeah, but they can still uh, play in NHL. Hockey. Yeah, they'll play NHL because NHL and Hockey Canada are not, are not one and the same, right? But, oh, and then the NHL question. has its own... Its this, own would be,
0: this would be the punishment for allegedly sexually assaulting.
2: No, this would be the punishment for not collaborating with the investigation. Okay, And, for and those names, the names of the people that will not collaborate... Will, not only will these players be banned, but those names will be made public by Hockey Canada. So there's a tremendous weight on those players of 2018 who have not come forward yet and said, we will collaborate with the investigation. Well, Dave, anyone a who, who doesn't wait-
0: want to collaborate, pardon me, is probably someone who's involved in the situation. So if they're involved, if this is, I mean, please tell me that this wouldn't be the only punishment, that there would be legal punishment.
2: So Hockey Canada can only do what Hockey Canada can do, right? I understand. Yeah, that. So they're not the police, they're not a judge. So Hockey Canada sanctions have to do with eligibility. I understand. And that. and so the net there's we know that the the um London Ontario police has reopened the investigation that was closed in 2019. So now they've reopened that investigation. So there are many chips that are gonna that are going to be falling here. Hockey Canada's investigation now that has been reopened. Why? Because the victim. For 18 months, you know, the the law firm in Toronto and Danielle Robitaille's team tried to secure the complainant's testimony, tried to secure her collaboration. For a period of 18 months, she refused to collaborate. She did not want to go. And you and I spoke about this last time I was on. Yes. She did not want to collaborate. We're for talking, reasons that We're belong talking
0: about the 2018 World Junior Team now.
2: Correct. Okay, and we'll
0: get so, to the O3s in a second.
2: That's right. So, and because there's a lot of news, obviously, that occurred this week on 2018 as well. So, um, so we do know that um she now has accepted to collaborate and she has provided a statement. Okay. So now you know it's now up to the players who are being named in that statement to come forward and, and give their version of the facts. And if they don't, then they're going to be sanctioned by Hockey Canada. Based on what we're hearing, how
0: similar are these stories with what allegedly happened with several players of the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Team and several players of the 2003 Team Canada World Junior Team? Based on what we're hearing, how similar are these stories? They both involve, correct me if I'm wrong, one female in both cases
2: They both involve one female, allegedly, in both cases. They both involve Team Canada's World Junior hockey team. One of them happens in 2003, happens allegedly after the gold medal game that they lost. And the 2018 one occurs during the celebration in the summer of 2018, um, uh, following their gold medal victory in January of 2018. So different circumstances. And both in, of them,
0: in both have, cases, um, is the victim, or what we're hearing, the victim was uh, under the influence of. We don't know alcohol or drugs or unconscious or. So
2: again, allegedly, and we have to say this because yes. these are not facts that are proven, right? This is these are allegations, and that's not to discredit the the complainant or the survivor, the victim. I mean, it really is just from a legal standpoint, their allegations. Um, and as Canadians, we need to remember that as well. When we talk about culture is that, you know, it is an innocent until proven guilty and they, and everyone has to be afforded due process, including the, the, you know, the complainant has to be able to have the right mechanisms at her disposal to state her claim, it's their claims. Now that we, you know, we have two, two cases, um, that are ongoing, but, um, Having said that, Dave, this is part of a
0: terrible culture that exists in hockey, and we'd be very naive to close our eyes to think that it's not possible. Here's a quote from Jordan Tutu's book. Jordan Tutu was on that team. Here's a quote from his book referring to the 2003 World Juniors. The other teams had some future stars too, including a 17-year-old playing for Russia, who no one had ever heard of before, named Alexander Ovechkin. But frick, we were just kids back then. The poop that we did, we were horny young men. We were in Halifax and we had every goddamn girl hitting on us. What are you going to do? Let's start slaying these broads. And it wasn't just one on one action. A few of the guys would get a couple of girls after practice and head into one of the rooms enough said. We went undefeated through the preliminary round and then beat the Americans three two in the semifinals. The Russians were undefeated as well. When we met them in the finals, of course, Canada versus Russia. It's been the big hockey rivalry going all the way back to nineteen seventy-two. It felt like the whole country was watching us. It's interesting I mean, how
2: those those paragraphs kind of follow one another. That there's there's a there's a rock star, you know, sense of of possibly of entitlement to, to these young kids, you know, when they're, especially when they're thrust into the world juniors, you know, a lot of these kids, I look at the world juniors a little bit, like I look at the NCA finals in basketball. Most of those kids are playing the biggest game they'll ever play in their careers. When you get to the world juniors, a lot of these kids are not going to win cups. A lot of these kids will not make it in the NHL or stick it, you know, stick to the NHL. So winning a world junior championship will be the crowning achievement of their career and all the whole country is on them. I mean we love watching this and so um you know i'll tell you one thing i i've i've spoken to to players um you know generally about how they are brought up um into you know how they're how they're kind of groomed and um brought into this kind of fold um you know, do the agents speak to them when they when they go from their junior team to the to the Team Canada squad? Um, are they ready for that kind of pressure? Are they ready for the media? Are they ready for the attention? Do the coaches? Do some of them have exemptions to play from the NHL. They go and they spend two weeks and they play for Team Canada during the holidays. Do the NHL coaches at the time? Do they? We don't see them. We don't see that as much anymore. But at the time, would the NHL coaches kind of ready them and tell them like? Kid, you are going to be ready. This is what you are going to be, you know, faced with, and these are the kind of circumstances you are going to be handling. And how ready are these children, these young kids, or these young adults? How ready are them to face this kind of pressure? It's a huge clash from playing in front of fifteen hundred people at home to playing in front of twenty thousand people either here or in Europe, and that that bridge is abrupt it happens from one day to the next and are they ready for that kind of pressure
0: all right but you know when this story came out about a week ago everyone referred to Jordan Tutu's book and said look Tutu even wrote about it and obviously it doesn't look very good on Tutu because a lot of people you know read his book they see that and they think you know what he's got to be one of them he's got to be involved so he came out He came out with a statement, okay? And once again, uh, we don't know who is involved yet. He came out with a statement. Let's read Jordan Tutu's statement. I joined the community in calling for a full investigation into disturbing allegations that surfaced involving members of the 2003 Canadian World Junior Hockey Team. My book chronicles many experiences from the tournament when I was age 19, as well as my journey with alcohol addiction, which started at age 14. If I'm being totally honest with myself and you, I don't recall knowing or hearing about the incident in question during or after the tournament. I was shocked when I heard about it in the media and will fully cooperate with any investigation. All right, so I'm glad to be talking to a lawyer here because, I mean, I'm not. But here's my read. If we can just keep it up here on the screen, if you're watching on Facebook or on, on, uh, on, on YouTube, uh, we could just keep this up on the screen here. This is my translation of what he wrote, okay? I'm issuing a statement because I feel after everyone read what I wrote in my book, I have to issue a statement. I'm not um, denying and I'm not admitting to doing anything, but I want you to know that I wrote about a lot of stuff in my book. I was 19 at the time. I started drinking alcohol when I was 14. I was addicted to alcohol. Uh, And I'm going to tell you that I don't recall knowing or hearing about the incident because I'm just going to say I don't recall whether I was under the influence of alcohol or not. If I'm going to get out of this, if I am involved in this, this is what my lawyer asked me to prepare.
2: I mean are you wrong in making that 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 inference or that you know that suggestion it's 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 my it's interpretation, your, it's your interpretation of what i'm reading whether it's, it's right or it's wrong it's, yeah you're very you could be very right and it could also be something that he decided to write on his own without consulting a lawyer it's you know it's so hard to tease apart um you know, it's so hard to come to the truth when you have something like this where He's obviously he's he's using a backdrop which is the fact that he drank uh, and that he had a substance abuse problem at the age of 14. It's there for a reason. You know, it's he there just, for a reason, which leads yeah. me to believe that, you know, And then and then he, he's saying he doesn't remember. He I don't recall to the
0: lawyer before writing this.
2: I I don't know. I w- I would I would think that, you know, it's my a guess. lot of these it's it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's funny I have, I'm always so careful be, as a member of the bar can I, you know, I, I'm always, I always try and tread really carefully with these questions, but you're, your right, trouble, you're right. You're right to ask. Pop it here by saying this is my read of the situation. You're, you're right. You're right to make that inference because it's a normal, it doesn't mean that you're right about it, but it's a normal conclusion to draw. And then at the end of the day, he will have to reconcile what he said in this tweet with anything that's going to be said to the authorities when that time comes. So it right. has to jive and him saying he doesn't remember gives him the opportunity to say, I didn't say I didn't do it. Or I didn't say I did it. I said, I didn't remember. So it keeps the path fairly open.
0: Two former NHLers who have been victims of sexual abuse and, uh, have gone on to do, you know, many good things to go around and talk to young kids and talk to, uh, other victims and try and help, uh, help them, um, Uh, get over uh, what has been, you know, very traumatic times in their life. Sheldon Kennedy and Theo Fleury both took to Twitter to issue uh, a a statement in Kennedy's case and a tweet in Fleury's case. Let's read Sheldon Kennedy's statement. Um, The same people with a new plan expecting different results is the definition of insanity. I call for the resignation of Hockey Canada CEO Scott Smith, his leadership team and the board of directors to resign and step down from their positions immediately. Enough is enough already. Signed Sheldon Kennedy. This one from Theo Fleury. What's happening with Hockey Canada right now is a result of years and years of denial that there was a real problem. And the direct result of not being proactive is now being in a reactive state. Their own fault needs an overhaul. Resignations should be forced uh they're both saying the same thing they both said it differently why do you think the ceo of hockey canada hasn't resigned yet would that be an admittance and could that lead to trouble from a legal perspective for him going forward
2: no i i think that um i think that scott smith um from what we heard in his testimony before the Standing Committee yesterday seems to convey that he wants to be part of the solution. He does not want to be part of a legacy that has been tainted, you know, within Hockey Canada. He wants to be able to help turn the page. He believes that he could be a, um, you know, a strong ambassador for that brand, that new brand that Hockey Canada is trying to create. And what's important is that he's also, he's been called to testify before a standing committee. And I think it's important maybe just to, you know, I don't want to bore your, you know, your, your, your audience, but I think it's important to know this is in the news a lot him. the last couple of days. So why, why, why is this in the news? And what are these people testifying for? Why are they being called to testify? Our country, um, you know, works in, in different, uh, different, through different mechanisms. And one of them is these committees. There are over 20, I think there are 24 standing committees that work in conjunction with the House of Commons. We elect ministers, they represent us in office, and they are under the banner of, many of them are under the banner of ministers or different departments that work for the the country, Minister of Justice and Health and Education and Labour, et cetera, et cetera. Here we have, and there's sport as well, and there's the Canadian Heritage Department. These ministers have to, they can't just do the work on their own you know they 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 have to be able to gr- to gather information through working committees and that's where these standing committees come into play which is what mm-hmm. you have here these standing committees are usually about not there there there's a, a president and a uh, you know a chair a vice chair members of the committees these are all elected officials that are part of, the, of these committees and they have as members of a standing committees the right to ask for people to testify and bring documents Mm. to answer questions about specific things that regard their portfolio. And so now Heritage Canada now that, that funds hockey Canada that has a ton of questions in this scandal has now in their standing committee has asked for a bunch of these actors to come in and testify as to what transpired in 2018, 2003 was not really part of it, you know, kind of in parallel yesterday, but now we know exactly how many settlements occurred, how much money was paid out of this national equity fund. Um, and these... So, pardon me, pardon me. Go ahead. This national equity fund,
0: which is money that is used to pay out. Correct. When there are allegations of sexual assault and pretty much to keep people quiet and, and stop things from going any further. Correct me if I'm wrong, okay? By the piece, This is money that comes from where exactly? From it comes taxpayers?
2: From, it comes from our registration fees. When the parents pay registration fees to send and their when kids. The parents pay registration fees. And subsidies. Play yeah.
0: amateur hockey. Yeah. Part of this money goes into a fund. Correct. So that Hockey Canada can issue payouts to shut people up
2: who have been victims of sexual abuse. To settle claims of sexual abuse. This so, is a public disgusting funding and,
0: story. This this is this is a a disgusting story.
2: It's, you know what I was saying in the beginning. There's a there's a culture shock here. You take what is religious in Canada, such as hockey, you know, especially hockey Canada, and then and then and then this, you know, these different tentacles of this story, of, you know, it's just it's very hard as Canadians to accept that this is it's embarrassing is part to think
0: that we have cheered for hockey canada in the past and some of us will continue to cheer for them going forward with this you know, culture that's behind them this sickening culture which is which is which is
2: this, this is terrible this is where we just want things to change you know we want things it's not a witch hunt doesn't need to be a witch hunt doesn't need to be politicized doesn't need to be galvanizing. This needs to be about everybody rallying around what is right, what is just, and 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 really, really celebrating the idea that we have a legal system that we can be proud of. Okay. That, and 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 we just need to get through this yeah. entire process to effectuate permanent change. Okay. The fact that they're
0: saying about a week ago that they found out that this after the digging, by the way, throughout the entire time fantastic work by by Rick Westhead. Yeah. Uh, Katie Strang has also been someone who's done fantastic work on this issue. Look, I don't believe that this was news to everyone a week ago. No, of course I not. believe that if this happened in 2003 that there's people back in 2003 that knew about it. All right. The settlement has to resign immediately. And there should be legal ramifications.
2: So we know that Scott Smith has been on the job for a month, you know, and what was on his watch prior to that, um, you know, is a question that remains to be, to be answered. But th- there is, there is a problem when you guys when you have guys like Sheldon Kennedy and Theo Fleury, who are absolute treasures for the, Amount of courage that they've shown in the face of what they've endured and to still continue to use their pedestal to advocate and to and to push forward this agenda. They were doing this way before this scandal broke. Theo Fleury and Sheldon Kennedy have been doing these rounds publicly for years and have been pressuring um, you know, these um these these organizations to create policies to protect future victims you know and and now that this comes out obviously they're incensed because they've been at the front lines of this fight for a long long time way before it became sexy news you know and and front page news you imagine how many other times this has happened because we dug
0: up 2018 with a little bit of digging we dug up 2003 and i i'm willing to bet right now that within the next three or
2: four months, you're going to hear of another team or two teams that a similar story. It's a time of reckoning, uh, Tony. It's, it's, a, it's a time where this culture of silence is now being, you know, the pendulum is swung in the, uh, in the other direction. You know, and this know- is where we have to be careful to let the chips fall and not yep. rush to judgment in the sense that we know there's a problem. There's a systemic problem. We know it. And now as these allegations happen and all these players get caught in the crosswinds of being associated to, a, you know, six on 2003 and nine in or eight in 2018 and, you know, guilty by association, we need to be patient yeah. and let this whole situation unfold so that the right cards fall at the right time.
0: You can shop right all people. of your uh, sports licensed lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, T-shirts of your favorite teams, all major leagues as well as their sick merchandise at sportbuffshop.com. Use sick 15 for 15% off on all of their items. I would go and buy everything, but right now I wouldn't buy anything to do with Hockey Canada. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you one of the things I want to see happen. All right, I'll tell you one of the things I want to see happen. I want to see Hockey Canada shut down for a certain amount of time, whether it's one month, three months, six months, or 12 months, whatever it is, you shut it down. And during that time, you have campaigns with sensitivity towards some of these issues, you set up a, a whole ethics committee. Um, you basically go out and you educate the players, you educate everyone involved with hockey Canada with what's right. And obviously what's wrong. Um, anyone who's involved in any of this has to, uh, you know, go out and, and, and talk to victims, uh, do work in the community. Um, to say the least, among among other things. And then you have to set up an ethics committee that has to be able to take over hockey. Someone has to take over Hockey Canada. Hockey Canada can't stay the way it is. It has to be taken over by some other kind of ethical, ethical group or a committee or whatever. And there has to be a pause in Hockey Canada, once again, whether short-term or longer-term. And there has to be,
2: you know, an entire education and seminars behind it. So in, in, June of 2022, in June of 2022, I don't know how many Canadians know about this, but an important new organization was created for the integrity of safe sport. It's the integrity of sport in Canada. It's a brand new office that was created um, at the behest of, of, uh, of the Canadian government that wanted to create um, a, a brand new law to protect Team Canada athletes from any kind of abuse and maltreatment. That court and that office has been up and running since ju- uh, June of 2022. There's a brand new code for a universal code for maltreatment and abuse in sports that has been adopted. And these codes are or this this code now is supposed to apply to every sports federation in Canada. Curling, rowing, snowboarding. But you have to become a signatory. And Hockey Canada was not a signatory to the code. They didn't want, because what does it mean? If somebody's being abused, if there's an athlete that's victim of abuse that's on Team Canada's hockey team, then instead of having Team Canada investigate itself and run an internal investigation, the complaint would immediately go to this new office for the integrity which, of sport,
0: which is right that it should because sometimes and now they within the own organization there could correct. be a cover-up
2: Kyle Beach I mean we saw it in Chicago yes right if Kyle Beach could go elsewhere if Kyle Beach could have gone to a hotline for the NHL to say I was sexually assaulted then instead of having to go to Chicago in the middle of their playoff run it's probable that something you know that something else would have happened that now, immediately so now hockey canada as of yesterday declared yeah. that they're going to become signatories okay and I, so now they're yeah. they're they're removed from the internal investig they're removed from that yeah. potential conflict of interest of themselves investigating their own
0: important i bring this up in both cases with the 2018 team and the 2003
2: team both incidents were taped yes when you're asking what, what is similar, you, the circumstances of the recordings are very different on one recording. Allegedly you have the players asking or confirming that the complainant was consenting to the, to the, to the incident, to the, that, to that the was sexual
0: the 18 team Correct. and, and the victim, um, following that issued a text message back and forth to one of the players saying, you knew that I was under the influence Correct. of alcohol and I was... Uh,
2: Correct. Yeah. As opposed to 2003, where allegedly there are short, you know, five, six-minute recordings of the actual incident that were taken by a video camera, the the recording by a player prop or someone. We actually don't know who took the recording. We know that the recording belonged to, to a third party. Third party kept the recording and leaked it to TSN.
0: Yeah, we're we're hearing that uh, you know uh, a lot of people ended up deleting the recording, but obviously one people, one person held on to it and then was were able to to leak it. Uh disturbing to say the least. Um,
2: it's just the beginning of the story. You know, this is this is only the beginning of this when all this all the, the shocking news comes out and then it's about how do we fix it. And um, you know, everybody has a role to play in this. Parents have a role to play because we're paying membership fees. The media has a role, lawyers have a role, players have a role, Hockey Canada has a role. You know, Hockey Canada is going to exist. They're not going to disappear. You, you're not gonna, you know, the NHL won't disappear because, because of what happened to these players. The Chicago Blackhawks didn't disappear because Kyle Beach was assaulted. These institutions need to move forward and to turn the page and just address these problems, and there are different ways to address it within Hockey Canada. A lot of people will say, you know, having someone like Haley Wickenheiser becoming the new CEO of Hockey Canada could be a refreshing. Of course, you it know. Can. So I mean, you have you have we it need all time, the in the meantime fire right? everybody, fire so, I mean, everybody
0: who who had any recollection of um, the incidents whatsoever. If they knew, they're gone. That's it. That's all. If they knew, and they never brought it up, they're gone. You're speaking for I that's a lot of Canadians. What happened with the Chicago Blackhawks in the end? Yeah. Whoever knew was gone,
2: and that's so, what has to happen here. Hockey Canada has a board. They're going to make a decision. If Scott Smith doesn't resign, if all these other members of the executive um, committee don't resign, then there's a board that will be there to decide whether or not they need to they need to be let go. And that will only be a small part of the of the equation, whether they stay or they leave. It's about what goes, what happens next, what policies are going to be implemented and how are you going to follow through with this? And then from a criminal standpoint, what happens?
0: Yeah, well, whoever knew and didn't do anything can all go to hell. Dave, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tony. Good talking to you. You're very welcome. It's a sick podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel until next time.
1: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakash. If the last time you went to Lakash was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakash. The menu will surprise you.